the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tuesday, Elizabeth isn't here. She's not. She's under the weather. <clears throat> Excuse me. Heather is not here. She's under the weather. Simone is here. Hey. She's not under the weather. She said, "The heck with the weather. I'm showing up. That's right. I'm ready to do the show." And a special guest here with us today, Colonel Conrad Reynolds, good buddy of mine, good friend. Have uh, have done a lot of things with him. Uh, most of it done with the Arkansas military hall of fame and uh still gotta get a lot of things done with that but you did a lot for us you were our first mc we're looking we're we're looking to make that a a much more viable thing here in the state well it's it's been a great organization and we started that years ago i started in 2010 uh and um uh, we've had it over 10 years and we've uh, it's amazing yeah we've uh honored over 150 arkansas veterans uh for their service it's great and if, for the for your listeners if they have time go to the capitol go to the treasury uh milligan's office go in yeah. there and look at it the, the display that we have read really about the different men that are there and women you know there's oh, men yeah. and women yes it is i if i'm not mistaken we probably have you know everybody that has anything to do with uh, the rangers in arkansas mm-hmm. and the uh, band of brothers from world war ii in the in the uh, hall of fame don't well we? uh we, we've we've got all kinds and and uh, well i know that but and, i'm just saying those yeah, yeah. Those, you know you see that stuff on television and they don't tell you in the TV series, Band of Brothers, right. how many of those guys came from Arkansas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, you know, Arkansas is one of the few states to have 10% of our population, roughly, that are veterans, that serve the military. We're just a handful of states and we're one of them. So we're a very uh, patriotic state. And, that's kind uh, of but, interesting. You would think Texas would be the state when you look at all the Army posts and the Air Force bases that you have all over Texas, and it's not the same. Right. That's right. That's right. So I, I encourage everybody, if you get time, go to the uh, Arkansas Military Veterans Hall of Fame no, website. Great. And uh, you can uh, look at all these uh, wonderful veterans and their their story and what they've done for our country. And, um, you know, they're not taking a knee. I can tell you that. They all stood up and many of them gave their lives for the freedoms that we have today. Yeah, you can find out about Bacon Absolutely. and a lot of those oh, yeah. guys. Oh, uh, right. yeah. I have a good friend, Mr. Bacon. He was a good Bacon, man. Yes, yes he, was. he was a good man. Medal of Honor winner. Medal of Honor winner, absolutely. In fact, his, Call, his don't, don't, you never called him a hero. You didn't want to hear that crap. Right, 
right. right. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't yeah. want to hear that, Craig. He said, it's the guys that are under the ground that are the heroes. That's right. In fact, uh, our very first Hall of Fame banquet that we had, his wife was there. I remember. And uh, and we, we honored her. So anyway, it was it was a great time. And, and uh, we do, they do the banquet. I'm not there now. I stepped down last year as the director. I was there a decade. And uh, we got it started, and I'm very proud of that organization. Well, you got it going well. And uh, it's it's, it's, you it's laid great. the found the foundation and did a good job. Well, thank you. Thank Who's you. the head of the uh, of the uh, organization? Dwight, now? Dwight Witcher right now. He's okay. the he's the director and and they've got a good board and uh, they uh, uh, you know they're finding out there's a lot of challenges. You know the the big challenges we worked out years ago. Uh, but uh, but you know, it's still a challenge. So you got to put it on. You only got a few people, and so it's it's a it's a it's a Herculean effort. You know who you know who I remember really as a special guest, and when I was there was Connie. Was it Connie Stevens? Connie Stevens. Yes, yes. that was really great. She's a wonderful person. She's a good personal friend of mine, and I talk to her about every three months or so. And of course, she's I think she's about eighty two now, but just a wonderful, wonderful person. And uh, she wanted uh, she to loves the, she loves the men and women of the military. Absolutely, absolutely. And she went on all those USO well, shows. You know, Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Awesome. Vietnam. That's, oh yeah. Absolutely. I always love and she's still and she's still that way so a wonderful wonderful person you know the specials that i never missed about bob hope the ones that had joey heatherton on (laughs) 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 yeah there's my misogyny coming there you go joey heatherton i wish we had more uh, entertainers like those folks they're still they're they're still there people just don't hear about them because just like this this person who's endorsed your campaign right. uh, in District 2, who I'm going to tell everybody who it is. Okay. Nobody else in the media is mentioning it. And they've got – they. I just heard about it this morning. And when I heard about it, I said, oh, really? You know, got my attention immediately. Right. Not so much for the rest of the media. No, they're not trying to cover me too much. They don't want people to know that there's somebody running in the 2nd District against French Hill. And so um, we sent that out. We know we're going to we're going to hope that maybe today uh, there'll be some traction. But uh, you would think that uh, a congressional candidate in the second district who has an endorsement from a national figure is would that would be news, you would think. Uh, but apparently not for some of the. Um, well, so I'm just going to read the first two paragraphs. I don't have to read the whole letter, but I'll read I the whole read. letter. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good letter. It's a yeah. good letter. There's okay. no doubt about it. But Colonel Conrad Reynolds and I both served in Iraq and around the world fighting to bring democracy and freedom to all people. Now we face our own threat from radical socialist and communist forces in America. We must have fighters to repel these forces. The Republicans, in name only, in Congress, that's the rhinos, of course, have shown they are unwilling to stand up and fight for America first principles. Conrad is a strong leader who will take up the fight. That's why I am wholeheartedly endorsing Colonel Conrad Reynolds to be your next congressman and why I am asking Arkansans to vote for him in the Republican primary, May 24th, to be your next representative in Arkansas's second district. His primary opponent, French Hill, voted with Nancy Pelosi and Rhino Liz Cheney to form a January 6th commission, which is nothing more than a legal witch hunt to punish President Trump and his allies. Hill also voted to confirm Biden as president while undercutting President Trump's assertion that the 2020 election was stolen. In fact, 
Hill stated that Trump's claim of winning the election was fiction and folly. Conrad's a patriot, combat veteran who is dedicated to the America First agenda and will not buckle in the deep state or mainstream media. We need him in Congress. The people of Arkansas recognize that those who betrayed President Trump the most were not the leftists but cowardly rhinos. We need uh, leaders like Conrad who have a proven track record of putting America first. Conrad has been a fighter his entire life, serving our country in dangerous areas around the world, demonstrating his unwavering patriotism and courage, traits we desperately need in Congress. I'm proud to stand with him, just as I did while in uniform, in our shared mission to save our republic. republic, uh, Sincerely, Michael T. Flynn, Lieutenant General, USA. Man, I, I am honored to get his endorsement. I mean, this man, I, I've, it's, it's, he is a great patriot. He really is. And uh, and I'm I'm the only one in Arkansas. Well, he took it on the him. chin. There's no doubt about that. <clears throat> he sure did. And um, he, he's got, he's just a, a great patriot. You know, his brother's a military general. Uh, his family has served um, kind of like, like my, my family. All my brothers served. My son has served. It's just in our blood. Were they all generals, though? No, no, no. <laughs> None of us made general. Uh, well, you made but, colonel. You're uh, close. Uh, that, that, well, that was in my field. I, that was high as I could go in the intelligence world that I was in. Well, but, you didn't, you didn't but, want to play the politics but, to get the star. Well, it just there were no slots. They didn't want to give it to all yes, of us. Any of us human or types. But, okay. But still, I think that it's important. Uh, and and I'm actually I'm touched and honored. Let me tell you some a little quick story about this man um, that somebody told me unsolicited uh, when they found out that Lieutenant General Flynn was going to endorse me. Uh, they said that it was several years ago, 2012 or 13. I won't mention this this woman's name. Very nice lady, uh, but she said you know she was at DIA and um, she had just been diagnosed with some type of brain. Uh, problem disease and uh, she was very down about it was in the elevator and she said but guess who got in the elevator with her general flynn and he looked at her he said are you okay and she said uh no i've just been diagnosed with this particular disease and i don't know how it's gonna impact me she said he knew exactly what that disease was and he said you know just it was just those two in the elevator he said do you mind if we pray yeah she said he put his hand on her and they prayed together that is the kind of character this man has. And she said today she still remembers that. And she, she hopes he comes to Arkansas because she wants to thank him. Well, if he comes to Arkansas, I expect him to be in the studio. Oh, you better believe it. You know, oh, he's going to come. He's, he's going to okay. come. And um, he was in Phoenix. He's very busy, as you can imagine. Uh, yeah. But uh, but he wants to come and help me fundraise. And, and uh, he said, let's get this ball rolling because um, he, he understands what we're facing now in America. We really have to get the right people in Congress, and uh, I'm glad he's got faith in me. Well, the FBI and, and whatnot tried to destroy him and just about bankrupted him. They did. They, they absolutely did. I mean, uh, what uh, we all know what was on the notes. You know, do we entrap him? Do we want to yep. get him fired? What is it you want us to do? That is That has got to change, and that should have been investigated, and it hasn't been. I mean, they tried to destroy an American patriot. Are you kidding me? He's done more for our rights, for freedom of speech, Second Amendment, than any of the people who are trying to destroy him. 
And so, and so we've got to change that in America. All right. So when he comes here, I'll make sure I'll let you know. You let I'll, I'll let he, you know because we'll I'll, I'll get him here. Bring him in here. I will. Be great. It'd be a great conversation to say the least. Oh, absolutely. All right. If you're concerned about out of control government spending, so inflation, uh, political unrest, and a rapid decline in the U.S. dollar, which many of us are as we watch what's going on uh, as far as our money problems in this country. Uh, a lot of people, maybe even you included, are investing in silver and gold to help protect your nest egg. Don't let 1970s-style inflation destroy your retirement. Yesterday, we had on the Heritage Foundation, we brought up a, a term that hasn't been used yet, but it's going to be used. I'm, I'm warning you, it's coming. Stagflation. It is coming. And uh, you're going to need to know how silver and gold could help you protect your assets your IRAs, your 401ks, your hard-earned savings. You can do uh, learn all this by calling 501-222-3315. Uh, the folks at David Lucas Financial work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, again, call 501-222-3315. That's 501 222 3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Back with the Colonel and with Simone in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Oh, by the way, did you see where Gazelle Maxwell says that she's going to name the names? I did. Of those uh, guys that went to the island that had sex with underage women, and it got real quiet in the, in the Clinton camp. Oh, yeah. She better watch She's out. Trying uh, to stay you know. alive. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, she yeah. may be maybe playing that she, to keep people from killing her in prison. I don't yeah. know. Well, she may be contemplating suicide, but nobody knows it right now. Right. Not even her. I'm kind of with you about well, that. You saw yeah. they gave her the COVID booster shot, or they, they okayed that. <laughs> yeah. So she's not well, going to Well, I don't know. COVID. I'm just telling you. She made that statement, and there was silence. You could have heard crickets coming from the Democrats. Because they're planning. What can we do with her? Well, they got. They've got. She's got logs. You know yeah, that, don't yeah, you? She's yeah, got she logs. Got, she could take. She's down, got their names, and we don't even know the extent. No, I'm we sure, don't. No, they're saying the she said nine men. That's what she nine. said. Nine men. The drop um, in the bucket. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot more. There's a Guar- lot more guaranteed. Yeah, there's all guaranteed. those years too. It's just. It was yeah. just good. I didn't realize that. That that island that uh, that he had over there was over there by St. Thomas. I didn't know that. It mm-hmm. was just a hop, skip, and a jump, evidently from from or or as I used to say, spitting distance. Spitting right. distance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where where it is. So anyway, well, I'll keep you up on that. That's another. That's a story that's out there uh, right now. Uh, one other story I wanted to mention before we get back talking to Colonel Reynolds. Because we're going to keep him on the whole hour. Oh, okay. You're ready right. for that, right? I'm ready. Okay, you're ready. All right, here's the key is that uh, uh, this uh, co-host or co-owner, pardon me, not co-host, co-owner of the Warriors uh, should have his shares ripped from his his grubby little hands. This is a guy who said yesterday that all the things that they're doing to the the, is it the Uyghurs, or is that how they pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Muslims that are over there in China. You know, he don't care. 
Let him do it. I don't care. Well, you he know? even said it doesn't that matter to me. That's what he said. It doesn't matter to me. He even said it's, his family it, grew up in a hard place, and we have human rights abuses in America. Why should we do? You know, care about that? Here's what the the Chinese Olympics, because I love history, so mm-hmm. I, I read a lot of history. And there was this guy that had this funky little mustache <laughs> back in the late 30s. And, <laughs> and in the 40s, he brought the whole world to war. His name was Adolf Hitler. And he had, he got the Olympic Committee to do the Olympics in Munich. Mm-hmm. And uh, he brought the whole world to Germany to show them what Showcase. fascism was doing, what the Nazis were doing in, in Germany. And he was selling it to the whole world. That's exactly what the Chinese are trying to do. This is a repeat of what Hitler did back in the day. It's funny and that, that people can't see this it just amazes me. NBC should be ashamed of themselves. Mm-hmm. I know they've spent a lot of money right. because they're going to be you know, the broadcaster of the Olympics. But they should back out if if... And I understand, look, I understand athletes, okay? I was an athlete for, until I was in my mid-20s. And I know how important that is to you because you work so damn hard to try Never. to get to where you're going. And these guys have been working to go to the Olympics. And it doesn't happen again for, what, another four years if they don't mm-hmm. go this year. By that time, maybe your time has passed right. and you right. never make it to the Olympics. Right. And I understand that. But there's bigger things than your you know athletic career and i wouldn't go i would not step foot in that country right well they should have changed where it was going to be way back when they decided well they they should never never gave it to them i agree i mean you know but they gave them the you know they was it soshi is that where they had it before Mm -hmm. uh in in china Mm -hmm. this is like the second time in what 15 years or something recent memory they've had it over there 16 years i don't know but yeah, let's go back to Europe. Let's go back to Austria where skiing started, you know, and stuff. Oh, sure, sure. I'm, I'm, let's go I'm, back to I'm Lake very... Placid. Oh, Placid. yeah, there you go. There Maybe we'd beat the Russians again in hockey. 80 or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that it was, was a, great, in, was it, was oh, it a great moment in, in Geneva. Is that where they were at? Yeah, I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> we upset the Russians there. That was, that was crazy. All right, well, let's get back down and talk local. I'm just putting my two cents in. If you're, I'm not going to say that the government should boycott. I don't think the government should have to tell the the uh, the athletes to boycott. I think they should want mm-hmm. to boycott. Yeah, because I bet you talk to a lot of them, and they're all, you know, kind of lefties as it is. Right, uh, and because they've been they've been immersed in it. All right, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we we have some real problems with China. Uh, and in the future, it's going to be, uh, I'm telling you right now, China that, that and Russia together. More, well, China concerns me much more than Russia. Oh, yeah. sure. I agree. Uh, much, much, much more than Russia. And um, they, Russia and got some big weak spots. They they do. Yeah. And and look, I don't, you know, we can all talk about our own ideas of what uh, Russia may or may not do. Uh, but I think that um, they've already shown they're capable. You know, they took over Crimea uh, when they sense weakness. 
they may uh, do something. They're but like I don't, a shark smelling blood I, I, in a water when there's a I, I think the, oh, you better believe it, and China's the one that will really take advantage of it. But I think that um, Russia, if you were to ask me, um, they are more, right now they're trying to intimidate the Ukraine, the government of Ukraine, yes. more so than trying to intimidate NATO. They don't want to go to war with NATO, I can assure you. Uh, but they are trying to intimidate Ukraine not to join NATO. Yeah, and so um, and that's what they're doing. But I just don't see well, them. Said I don't not see. Allow I, it. I don't see a full fledged attack in the future on that. I personally don't. Um, but we'll see what happens. But one thing about it: when you're weak, these things happen. And I'm very concerned about Taiwan more than anything in China. Yeah. I have said after the Olympics, the yeah. Chinese will not do anything before the Olympics. No. But after right. the Olympics, it wouldn't surprise me the day after the Olympics right. if they didn't. You know, uh, start a full-fledged amphibious assault. They they know what's going to happen in 2023. They know that probably, for sure, uh, Biden will be impeached. That's going to happen. I'm telling you, that's going to happen. And so uh, when we get a Republican Congress, he's going to be impeached. And so they've got a short window to do what they want to do. And it's, and it's after the Olympics and before uh, December 31st. Yeah, and, and before 24. They don't want to have to deal with a, you oh. know, a, a president's got some cojones. Well, absolutely. So we're going to see what happens, but, uh, but I'm very scared uh, and very concerned about what may happen with China. So anyway, yeah, uh, we need to keep I worry about China and Russia having military maneuvers together. It, that it, bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah personally, I don't see that happen, but you never know. Um, never know. All right. We're going to take All a break. Right. They are two different forms of communism. Yep. Always remember that. And it always comes down to communism. That's what it comes down to. All right. A break. We got news coming up. Colonel Conrad Reynolds is here on the Dave Ellswick show. You need health insurance. You want to save some money. Well, let's say you've got Blue Cross and Blue Shield. I want you to call Pat Davis up and ask him how he can get you no co-pays and still keep you on Blue Cross Blue Shield because he can. And he can save you 30 to 50 percent on uh, what you're paying out for your insurance. These are perfect health plans for self-employed people. They're going to save you a lot of money. They're going to get you the kind of coverage that you want. They got what's called the deductible buster, and you want to find out about that. You call Pat Davis today, and I promise you, you're going to save money. 501-605-6935. Save money and have great health insurance. Usually, you can't save both of those things. Your health plan man is uh, what Pat is known as. And so if you want to get him on the Internet, go to yourhealthplanman.com. But you can call him right now. Well, don't call him now. He probably just sleep. Uh, 501-605-6935. That's Pat Davis, your health plan man. All right, in the studio, Simone is here. And uh, also here is uh, Colonel Conrad Reynolds. Uh, he is challenging French Hill uh, in the uh, Republican primary. We'll talk a little further with him this half hour about what he's doing and why he's doing it. And uh, if you want to call him up and ask him a question, you can. 823-0965. He's always open for questions. 823-0965. Okay, so let me, let's get back. What are the main areas that made you want to take on uh, Congressman French Hill? Oh, there's so many, but uh, I'll start off with the fact that 
it seems to me, and I think everybody has the same feeling that I have, that there are so many people that are breaking the law and have for for years in D.C. and nobody's held accountable. That needs to change. It can only change when you change the people who are currently in Congress. The fact that we did not get a wall and, and get the southern border secured when we had the House, the Senate, and the presidency in 2017 and 18, we had an opportunity to get a lot of things accomplished. But guess what? The people who were in Congress at that time had no interest in securing the border, apparently, because they didn't do it. It was Trump had to take money out of the uh, the military budget in order to be able to fund what wall we do have now. Right. Every illegal right now, Dave, that crosses is a, on the direct responsibility of the, of the Republicans who were in Congress at the time who failed to act. And everybody in America, everybody here in Arkansas wanted that to occur, and it didn't happen. We want term limits. Eighty percent of people in America want term limits, but we can't get it done. Why? Because we've got rhinos, we've got people in Congress who want to be there forever. Well, they were shot down. Remember, this was a few years back now. Mm-hmm. A lot of states passed term limits. Mm-hmm. They got taken to the Supreme Court and defeated. And now, if they want to get it done, it's going to have to be done through a constitutional amendment that's the only way that it'd be done because i right. said if you read the constitution as it is written now and i agree with them term limits are off that was an arkansas case it. that was in 92 yeah, yeah right and that's mm-hmm. off that's off limits now so to do that is beyond tough right that's really really hard so uh the people who were really wanting to do that uh, do like that or who wanted to have a even this lately the big convention of the states they understand that you know the odds are stacked against them on that yeah well there's a couple ways to do it that's one convention states the other one of course is congress passes it in yep. third world and then it goes to the states and three quarters of the states yep. have to uh to approve it but that's not an unachievable goal. I just want people who go up there who want to do that. There's a termlimits.org. Uh, I, I talked with Mr. Rich, the guy that started that in 92. Um, and you can go and look and see who has signed on to that. This says, if a bill comes before me, not one person from our Arkansas delegation has signed that. Not one. Saying that if it comes before me, I will vote for it. So that's a problem. Uh, Ted Cruz signed it. I mean, Merge Taylor Green has signed it. Rand Paul, there's a whole bunch of people that have signed it, but not one person from our Arkansas delegation. And if we are a conservative state, which I think that we are, uh, somebody should have signed it. We should have somebody in the Freedom Caucus. Not one of our legislators are in the Freedom Caucus. Uh, that Those are the things that bother me. You, see, you see, say one thing when you're here, but when you go up to D.C., you do another. Um, so I, there's a lot of things that I want to cover when I get there. Election integrity. We need We need to get to the bottom of what happened in November of 2020. And uh, I don't think that that's happening. I don't think that there is any any desire or any curiosity. Uh, Mr. Hill said it was fiction and folly, basically saying is everybody here who thinks that it may be stolen, they have no clue what you're talking about. Well, I don't think that. I, I think there is something there, and I want to look at it. So election integrity is one uh, that we need to get to the bottom of. Um, I also want to do something with uh, the current what we call the hipsy and sissy okay the intelligence committees 
from each of those uh, the, each of those bodies. Look at Eric. And that's Swalwell. something you know about. Of course, I do. I know a lot about a lot of things, but, of course, but that one I know for sure. I know you know a lot about intelligence. I know those that for people, a fact. Those people who have access to the most classified information that our government has, right? They are there to protect that, but also make decisions on that. Why do you think that the Republicans haven't? pushed harder on Swalwell to have him have his committee chair ripped away from him because it's when he was, to, sleeping. Because it's he was to, sleeping with a known Chinese agent. Well, uh, of course, well, it's up to the, the speaker appoints can put him there. The problem here's what here's how you fix this. You fix it by making the rules for everybody else in the intelligence community to include myself that when you have access to that type of information, Highly, highly classified, what we call SEI, uh, type information, uh, secure compartmented information. Uh, you have to have a polygraph. You know, it's these are voluntary positions, so they don't have to sit on the House committee. You would but think that would already be part of it. You would polygraph. think that it is, but not, none of their staff, no staff, and none of the legislators have to take a polygraph. To ha- have access to the same information that I would have, but I have to take a polygraph. I have to do that. And so I think that they need to do that, and I'm going to push for that like you won't believe, because otherwise we get people like Swalwell. We don't know what's been compromised to the Chinese through Fang Fang. And here's yeah. little, we don't know, and you're never going to know. So anyway, uh, I want to fix that, and that's another thing I'm going to do when I get there. Yeah, look at what happened to Petraeus. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look at what happened to Petraeus. And this guy, nothing. Zip. Right, right. That's it. She must so have been something. That's all gets, I'll say. Everybody gets a pass. Everybody gets a pass except for the the worker bee. They're thrown in the jail or they're going to Leavenworth or whatever. And that's wrong. And so um, uh, I think that uh, it's time to change that. But I do know something about the intel system. I know something about the FBI. And I know something about the, all the, the NSA, the other intelligence organizations. They need to be completely scrubbed from top to bottom. We need to get rid of the politics that currently infect all of these organizations. How do we keep that from happening? I mean, look uh, – I really got involved in politics during the time Nixon was in office, and he politicized everything. Right. Uh, he was the president really politicized the IRS. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to right. tell you, it was like they didn't do anything to change it after he got out. They didn't go in and, and clean it up. No, they didn't. Well, look at 2012, Lois Lerner. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look That's at that. That's another perfect uh, you know, example. Held in contempt, didn't show up. But guess what? They didn't go after her. No. Okay. Uh, Holder. He was held in contempt. He didn't go after him. No. Okay. So these are the kinds of That's things. That's because they're I, all dirty, I guess. Well, well, they're all part of the swamp. <laughs> uh, and so, and so uh, uh, but we need people who are willing to stand up and do the right thing. And, and I definitely will. I'm not going there to get rich or anything else. I'm there to represent the people of the second district. And if they want a conservative voice, someone who will stand up for them, I'm asking you to go to my website, electconrad.com, elect conrad.com stand with me and uh let's uh let's start replacing folks well you know when it comes to money if roc can do it i I don't know why you can't do it well i I think that i can she gets 20 dollar donations and ends up with a bunch of money 
Oh, yeah, well, oh my gosh, yeah. Don't even get me started. All that's corrupt. But, um, but the, you know, I'll tell the people of Arkansas, you know, you, you, you get the Congress that you pay for. Really and truly, this is it. If you want somebody, you're going to have to donate. I'm asking people to donate. Can I plug my meeting today? Yeah, go ahead. I have a, uh, a meet and greet today. Uh, mini fundraiser meet and greet uh, at the Whole Hog. Pl- plug for them. I love Whole Hog. It's great stuff. On yeah. Cantrell. But it's on Cantrell. And yeah. so, uh, Bottom of Cantrell Hill, right next to Riverdale 10, where Dave Ellswick Classic Movie is. Where the Dave Ellswick Classic <laughs> Movie is. That's buddy. right. Well, and, and come down there. I'll be there from 4 to 6 today. If you want to ask me any question, because we can't answer all the questions here. No. But please come down and talk with me. Uh, you'll see where my heart's at and what I want to do. I've got signs and I've got bumper stickers. And uh, uh, we're going to win this in May. And we're going to go on and win in, the, in November. And uh, it's going to be the start of changing Congress starting next year all right there you have it we gotta get a break in it's quarter till seven uh colonel's gonna be here for a few more moments probably we'll uh pull him into i'm like the mafia all right he tries to get out and i pull him back in uh he'll be here and, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on in our country and see what he has to say about it we'll take a break on that i want to talk to you about icu protection llc uh i the letter I, the letter C, the letter U, okay? It's not E-Y-E, it's just I. The letter I, C, U, Protection, LLC, where you pay for the service, you don't pay for the hardware. They'll put the hardware in your home or your business, and it won't cost you a dime. All you'll do is pay for the service as you use it. Uh, you can get away with just a little over $40 a month uh, and have your, your house uh, very well protected. You can have that digital uh, tripwire around your home to make sure that you know who is close to your home and you'll know whether it is a, if it's a human, a car, or an animal. You'll know those things because that's the way they work at ICU Protection LLC. They take care of alarm, security, monitoring. They'll work on your home. They'll work on your business. And if you move into cameras, let me tell you, they're not, they don't have those cameras like you see on A&E when they're trying to solve crimes and you can't make out whether it's a man or a woman or, you know, Sasquatch or something. The bottom line, they use uh, 1080p uh, cameras. That, that, that's this kind of picture you got on your TV screen from DirecTV. You can identify who it is that's being uh, shot and put on the cloud uh, by the folks at ICU. Uh, Billy Mack is the owner. He'll be happy to talk to you. All you got to do is call him at 501-205-1333. Do that today. 501-205-1333 for ICU Protection LLC, where you pay for the service and not for the hardware. Back with your final uh, few moments here during this hour with Colonel Conrad Reynolds and Simone is here. You're wondering where Heather is. Heather is not here because she's not feeling good. Elizabeth not here today. She's not feeling good. Hopefully everybody will be back here and we'll have a party next week. Yes. We yeah, well, here's we'll prayers out to them. Yeah, we'll absolutely. To get well I don't quick. know what's going on. I just know that they're not right. feeling good. That's the bottom line. All right. So anyway, let's come back with Colonel. And we've talked a little bit about politics. Now let's just talk about Let's talk about current affairs a little bit. What's got? This is a man that I always bring on. All right, this is true. When we wanted to talk about Afghanistan, I always brought him on. Did you hear about the AP report came out today? I did not. Uh, what is it? The Solicitor General for Military mm-hmm. had written a report, said that 
they told them everything that was going to happen in Afghanistan. They knew everything. You know, Biden's been saying, well, we didn't we didn't know it was all going to fall apart like that. Yeah, they did. They were told exactly what was going to happen. Here's the other thing. This is what blew my mind, though, when I heard it. The Afghani Air Force, mm-hmm. they had nobody trained to work on their planes. Right. No one. We spent a half a trillion dollars, mm-hmm. and none of them were trained. Right. And uh, <laughs> and and so, you know, if the ground forces know they're not going to have air support, guess what? They don't want to go out and fight. No. Because they learned to fight the American way, which is overwhelming air support along with overwhelming ground. Let me give you a, a, another story that kind of goes along. along well, you tell, along tell me about lines. putting my hand in a bucket of water. I, well, well, <laughs> well I, I, I said that many years yes, ago. Yes, you did. On my show, you said that. And I said, it's, when we leave, it's going to be like we put our hand in a bucket of water and pulled it out, and it'd be like we were never there. And that is the history of anybody who's gone into that country, any other country. Even Alexander the Great. Absolutely. He learned the lesson. But we built them a huge, I say we, the Americans, built them a huge studio uh, to make TV movies and TVs and bought them. I mean, $100,000 cameras, unbelievable. And I remember asking, okay, well, who's going to run all of this? And no one thought about putting anybody in the pipeline to train them on how to even white balance a camera. Um, so there was no one at the time when it got finished, which took about two and a half years to build, there was no one to run it. So it just sat there. And so they just used it for a barracks. They put oh people in goodness. it. I mean, they had $100,000 cameras stacked on each other, and, and, and they were told nobody can touch them because, you know, nobody can touch them. But they, they didn't use them. And somebody had come up with a brilliant idea, used our taxpayer money. We're talking Americans who went over there now, contractors, right, right. whatever. Got a brilliant idea. Hey, let's build them a studio. We can do these TV programs and put them on TV, propaganda right. uh, to help, you know, the people Holster. in Afghanistan, cohesive, come together. Mm-hmm. None of that happened because they didn't think through the problem and it's the same thing you're just talking about now think about that though put put the uh, put together an air force right and not train anybody how to work on the airplanes the, the the biggest problem they had is a lot of the people that they were sending back to the u.s defected you know they would come to schools and so it got to the point where they had to anybody who came back to the states their family had to basically put their house up and everything that they owned, if the person didn't come back, the government was going to take it. That's what they did and tried to ensure people would come back. And we Well, still- that makes sense. I just want people to think about this for a moment. You leave an S-hole that's called, you know, Afghanistan. And Mr. Mr. President, Mr. Trump, you were absolutely right about some of these yep. third world nations. You come from there and you come to the United States and you walk into a supermarket here and there's food everywhere. Right. And... What do you think they're going to do? Right. Right. Yeah. So that was our biggest problem. And also they had a big, what I call brain drain. Anybody who had, was smart, anybody who could think, uh, they left. They left a long time ago. So they were having a, a huge problem keeping any type of in, intellectuals in the country or people who could do these kind of jobs. Because they, they knew just, we would probably leave one day and then they were going to be dead. And every one of them, every, every, uh, all the folks that I dealt with in their uh, intelligence system, Every one of them, their families lived out of country. They were in Europe. They were in the UAE. They were in Bahrain. Um, every one of them. And so they were all planning their exit strategy. 
because they knew that one day when we left, that would be it. Which, by the way, are Muslim countries that they went to, but very much more westernized than the Taliban. Oh, 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 right now, I feel so sorry. Uh, I mean, I, oh, know, yeah. I know so many Afghans that were helping us that they're probably dead now or they're scared to death that they're going to be found out. So, Could you imagine yeah, it's really living sad. in that fear? What's that? Could you imagine living in that fear that, you know. Every day. Well, they know. did before and, and every day now. So it's. When you but, hear this. Right. You're wondering who's on the other side That's of the right. door. But, but I will tell you this, that unfortunately we cannot make them stand up for themselves nope. and they were unwilling nope, to stand true. up for themselves and the people who could have left and we kept, i kept saying why are we giving all these people a pass if you help us for three years you come to the u.s you know why are we doing that when they should be those are the people who should be staying there mm-hmm. and and standing right. up for their country but they were unwilling to do that because they knew their countrymen that's right that's right. Well, they're so they're so fra- I mean, they're so fractured. Well, it's tribal. It's, still. it's very tribal, and uh, people just don't really realize that. But you know who did know that? Just about every person who went over there was in a leadership position knew it. Okay, but nobody wanted to stand up and say the emperor has no clothes. This is nuts at what we're doing. Staying there year after year after year with no hope of them ever standing on their own two feet. Uh, yeah, Colonel, you know what it's like in the military. You have look. I served under Carter. Okay. But he was I'm sorry. He was the commander in chief. So right. I did what I was ordered to do as a military yeah. member. Now in the a lot of people think that that means that if I'm told just to go out and, and wantonly destroy villages or kill people I can I can do it. And that's not true. The, the UCMJ has a, a conscientious clause, but you better have a a real strong conscience and a and a strong backbone because you will be court martialed. Right. There's no doubt about it. You're going yeah. to be court-martialed. Well, I've lived under the UCMJ since I was 19. Since I was 19. Well, then you know. And so I know it, I know it very well. In fact, I even served. I, you know, I joined in 79. Really? Oh, yeah. So I was under Carter. I was there during okay. those lean years. What, where, a, uh, what a nut job. <laughs> but, boy, you know, when Reagan came in, everything changed. 10% pay raise. Oh, man. Everything. First oh, I think it was 19. 19. Uh, it was unbelievable. And everybody was. I was in my. Just, I was great. 26 you know, and right. uh, I'm over there, and to be able to feed your family under Carter, almost every enlisted man was on food stamps. Right. Wow. On right. food stamps. How disgusting is that? Yeah. I'll never forget, I, was, I had Senator Hutchinson on one time, and he sat down in front of me, and I said, are we ever going to get to the point where military members don't have to get on food stamps to feed their family? And he says, I like it when we start off with easy questions, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do want to say one message to all the yeah, veterans that are listening to this. Um, if you want somebody to have your back, I mean really have your back, and who's going to stand up in Congress, that's what I intend to do. Uh, I think uh, veterans are the lifeblood of this, of this country. And, I love and we have not done We enough. have not done I love your veteran hat. Yeah. I got Thanks. that at the World War II Museum. Did you? Oh, oh there in uh, New Orleans. That's, oh, that's great. That's great. I love it. All right. I appreciate Colonel. Thanks I always like having yeah, you sir. here. Great man and great individual. And he's part of the Dave Ellswick show today. Simone, thanks for coming in. Yeah, it was great. All I your all your Conrad. all your sisters gave up on you. Well, sometimes I just gotta toe the boat and be the face. <laughs> there you go. Bible guys are next. We're back on the Dave Ellswick show. Stick around.
you're singing. Go ahead. You you're pretty good, man. You were right on the key. You're doing a good job. Hey, last week, one person was here. Steve. Yeah. This week, we got everybody here. This is good. We got Billy here. Scott's sitting across from me. And, of course, Steve is sitting to the right of me. It's good to see you guys. Me too. How are you doing? Good. Okay. Good. How did you guys uh, survive without us? Oh, it was I mean, tough, but uh, we did. having Steve here. It was good. Like, Steve was good. He did a good job. Uh, you know, it's kind of like Steve here by himself is probably kind of like uh, playing football without a helmet, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite, but it was it was good. It was good. And, uh, you know, we had we went back and, and looked at a question that we didn't get to answer all the way the week before, and he answered it completely. That was about the first 20 minutes of the show. And then uh, the rest of the way, we just talked about different things that were going on. Cool. And it was very, very good. <laughs> Got a couple questions for you guys that came in yesterday. People want to talk to you about them. And, uh, of course, Scott is the uh, uh, pastor over pastor. Uh, is, that the, is that how you want to be talked about? I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Southern Baptist ilk when I was raised, so everybody was called pastor. Uh, yeah. Or are you just brother? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm pastor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got other pastors on staff. Steve's one of them. And so I, I just... I mean, if, if if you're kind of talk about the church, I'll be called the senior pastor. But when people okay. talk to me, they just say pastor. So God. it's like Ebenezer Baptist Church with uh, Dr. King. His daddy was the pastor, uh-huh. senior pastor. Right. And uh, Dr. King was the co-pastor. All right. Did you know that? I, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, pretty interesting. And hmm. both of them preached completely different. That's what was interesting oh, about really? it. Yeah. His, his daddy told him, keep preaching the gospel. And, uh, of course, uh, Dr. King preached the gospel, and then he said, however, <laughs> all men should be free. Yeah. You know, and he went on to the rest of his history. Do the rest of his history. That's exactly right. So, Scott, I got a question for you guys. You oh. guys ready? Yeah. Billy, you ready? I'm You ready, ready Steve? Absolutely. When's the last time you shaved, brother? <laughs> Shh, my wife might hear. I don't think she's looked at me well enough to realize you're that. Do that or, you're doing while, that so. orthodox thing? I, 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 so a couple of times a year, I let my beard grow until my wife comes in and goes, look, you can either slip, sleep on the couch or keep the beard your call. And then I go shave the beard so I can go back to my bed. But, <laughs> Did uh, you ever, have you ever, now, now, have while. you ever grown your, your beard long enough that you have the little curls on the no, side? No, 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 never have. And, and um, Traditionally, I have slept with a CPAP that fits over the top lip, so I yeah. couldn't grow a mustache at all. But uh, they changed; they actually changed out my mask recently, and it fits snug up against the bottom of my nose rather than on my lips. So, okay. let it grow, let it grow, let it grow. There you oh, go. Change it. Change it from frozen. frozen? Hey, hey, easy, easy. <laughs> yeah, change it, my change children it. happen to be the right age, and uh, it wasn't let it grow. It was let it go. Okay, all right. Here we go. Dear <laughs> Bible guy, what if he dances when he sings <laughs> it around the house? <laughs> <laughs> he'd be Good great. He'd be. Nah, I'm saying he'd be great in fiddler on the roof. Oh, yeah. He'd be good. All right, uh, dear Bible guys, I have listened to your show for a while now, and I was wondering if the Bible guys keep kosher. If so, do they keep it because they believe it to be a command or a suggestion? What would be their scriptural basis for their reasoning, whatever the belief may be? Thank you. Good mm. question. Mm-hmm. Good so question. We probably have to start with defining the difference between kosher and biblically clean. Yeah. Um, I suspect no one at this table keeps kosher, but I think everyone at this table keeps biblically clean. Um, well, maybe we should just tell people what kosher is in case they don't. Yeah. In case Go they ahead. Don't know. Well, 
Uh, go ahead, Steve. All right. So kosher is it the, comes from the phrase in Hebrew for kashrut, and it's the when the rabbis say that is something is kosher, and it, and it goes into much further detail than what the Bible would just call what we would call biblically clean. Biblically clean is basically saying, hey, we don't eat uh, pork, we don't eat catfish, right? We don't eat unclean birds or un- any unclean animal that the Bible says clearly is unclean. But kosher takes it a little bit further, and it goes into even how the animal um, is um, butchered. Right? Butchered, right? Okay. It's not about a blessing. A lot of people think the rabbis bless it. That's not what it is. It's Muslims about how they, do that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the Muslims do that. It is about for them. It's not only about the the cutting of the animal, but they cut it facing Mecca and that kind of stuff. And right. so it is part of a blessing for them, but not with Hebrew. It's, it's how the animal. Um, the food is prepared. I mean, how it's stored. Yeah, all of that, and and we don't go in into that level. We just follow the basics. We don't eat pork. Don't eat catfish. That kind of stuff. Okay, really I'm pretty sure that's at the table here. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So now let's get into what this guy is really asking. If so, do you keep it? Bec- do you keep you know kosher or, or or biblically clean animals because you believe it to be a command or a suggestion and what would be your scriptural basis for the, your reasoning, whatever the belief might be. Well, that um, we look at the commandments, right? This is one of the things that we talk about is uh, this is a, a much deeper, broader um, understanding of what the church is, right? So we believe that we've been grafted into the Commonwealth of Israel. So if we believe that we've been grafted into the Commonwealth of Israel, then we kind of go, well, maybe we should follow some of the things that That's God told. That's what Paul said. Right. What's the verse on that? Ephesians, Ephesians 2. 2. Ephesians 2, okay. Yep. And so if we've been part of that nation, then maybe we should follow. So it's not just about Sabbath. It's not just about the feast. We just decide to eat what God said, or to not eat what God said not to eat. And a lot of people kind of just poo-poo that away as, you know, well, that's Old Testament stuff. And they'll quote things out of the New Testament where um, – uh, like when Jesus says, it's not what goes into your body defiles you, but they missed the complete context of that whole debate that's happening there. And a lot of people forget that the second commandment given in the entire Bible, first, Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply. Second, don't eat that tree. Right. right? So right. it's it's kind of a big deal. And you go in, and of course, everything, if we talk anything on in, in the South, oh, it's a matter of salvation. No, it's not a matter of salvation. But if God says, hey, like to Adam and Eve, don't eat that tree, right? Don't, don't touch the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? He had a reason for it. Well, if he had a reason to say, hey, don't eat that poo-wallering, poo-eating pig, <laughs> that there's probably a reason for it, right? If he said, don't touch that um, shrimp. Would, would God have said wallering? <laughs> I think so. Is that a Hebrew word? From, right, wallering? Yeah, right. From it is. Southern Galilee. Oh, yeah, that's Southern, Southern Galilee. Galilee. Right. That's Southern Galilee. <laughs> if he said, the, uh, don't, don't eat that um, uh, lobster that's crawling along the floor, which is basically a giant cockroach in the water. If you're not going to eat a cockroach, why would you eat a lobster, right? So God had a reason when he said, don't eat those things, right? Because they're they're not good. They they have a purpose, but the purpose is not food. And so that's just our view. Are you going to go to hell if you eat catfish? No, but your intestines won't. Or a keep. pepperoni pizza, right? So <laughs> so we should also deal with the scripture that you bumped against there, which is um, in in Mark seven and verse nineteen, um, where they're talking about that whole what goes into the body mm-hmm. uh, versus what comes out. 
Uh, and verse 19 reads, I'm reading from the New King James here. It says, uh, because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods. Uh, and I, I dealt with a lot of people over the years. Well, the Bible specifically says that Jesus declared all foods to be clean here in um, this verse. The problem is, if you've actually, if, if you're not looking at a digital Bible like I am, if you've actually got a uh, printed Bible there, that verse is, the, the last part of that verse is almost certainly in parentheses. Um, and if you'll go to the front of your Bible, look and see what those uh, notations mean. It will say that this was added uh, by the interpreters. So that that part, uh, thus declaring all foods clean, does not exist in the original text. That was a um, that was added after the fact. So that does not exist there. It's not what Jesus said. Uh, he's talking about hand washing here. He's talking about mm-hmm. the tradition of washing the hands and the way the hands were washed and when you had to wash hands. It had nothing to do with food. If you um, and if you, this is actually quite a quite a big a big topic. Yeah, it is. And um, if you listen to some um, uh, rabbis that will teach, they'll tell you that uh, whenever <clears throat> whenever the um, the the faith of the one true God went into the Gentile world, um, that's kind of let me, let me just see if I can make get my thoughts in line here. There were there were like three echelons of of Gentiles that could be made, could be brought into the family and you could become a follower of Yahweh. You could become a part of this whole group. Uh, and you could be, um, you could be a, help me out here guys. It was God, tra- God fears. Right. Uh, it, it, it's translated in Exodus the way where it's, um, um, there's Gur, Gur Sadiq. Yeah. And then the, I forgot the other Gur. Gur. Yeah. There's just, it might be just basic Gur, right? And it's the um, and then it's laid out in Exodus twelve when we see it um, translated as um, foreigner uh, stranger, stranger among you yeah. and then um, sojourner sojourner yeah, yeah that was the other one and those the reason they use three different words is because they do show three different levels and um, I don't have well, this is exactly kind of three different levels of of um, kind of connection to or incorporation Correct. into the. The, Correct. the first one is that all they did was just leave their land and basically they're coming to hang out with you, but they haven't joined with you. Uh, and then there is the um, uh, the one who has they are part of your family, uh, but they haven't gone like full circumcision, had to make the full transition. And then there's the last one, which I believe would be like the Gerzadik, the righteous Gentile who has forsaken his lands and has now joined the nation of Israel. And so that those are the basically three different levels. It'd be like yeah. if you were an American and gave up your citizenship. Correct. And that's the yeah. final, that would be the final person, the, the final, if you want to use the word level, is a person who has forsaken their lands and they are now with Israel. And so and so with, with that in mind, the rabbis have said basically that if a Gentile wants to follow, forsake everything and follow the one true God and follow Yahweh and have a place in the life to come, um, he's not required to do... Um, all these uh, other uh, the, the the food laws or the, the the clothing he's just he's he's made his confession of faith and he's and he's with us but he hasn't quite taken the full step of becoming uh you know what they would be called at that time obviously this is before Jesus become uh, fully uh, fully Jewish and they the rabbis came up with a term they called the they call it the sons of Noah and uh, and so they basically we we find kind of a synopsis of these noatic laws as they're called in Genesis 15, which basically says, okay, if you want to you want to get this close to Israel, here's what you need to do. You just need to do a few things here, and there's a few related to food. It had to do with things that were strangled and and uh, things that contained blood and so forth. But it didn't break it down and mention you shouldn't. I guess what I'm saying is, 
it wasn't expected that a Gentile who had been eating pork for 50 years all of a sudden one day would stop it. Mm-hmm. There was ne- different levels of expectation. So it's, I'm not making much sense today. I apologize. It's actually Acts 15. You know, it's what he's referring mm-hmm. to is part of what they decided in Acts 15 because they were wrestling with all of those who said, hey, what are we going to do with all these Gentiles? Yeah, because right. Paul was bringing a bunch of Gentiles. Right. right. And, it, and it comes down to because they people couldn't. People didn't eat. have Bibles. They didn't have people run, right. around teaching them. No, so they were the, writing the New Testament yeah, as right. they were so living it. It was like, how do, we, how, do we, how do we do this practically? And what we miss here is he said they, they, it kept them out of idolatry and it kept them out of sick, um, sexual immorality. Yep. And then the food, because the food was such a big issue in that day, because everything was offered to another idol. Right. Uh-huh. So that's why they had to eat certain animals or not eat certain animals to make sure they weren't involved. And in that's where the whole discussion with Paul came up about some people could, could eat meat sacrificed to idols and didn't. As long as they didn't ask. He said, just, just for conscience sake, don't even ask. Yeah. What is food. Yep. And I yeah. found as, as a missionary overseas, a lot of times that's what you would do. Just don't, don't even tell me if I'm, am I eating dog here? Well, don't, right. don't even tell me what <laughs> right. I'm eating. Uh, but I'm trying to get the gospel to you. I'm not going to deny the gospel to you because you served me something that I quote yep. shouldn't be eating. So I just don't ask. And I got to tell you one of the. We got a sec. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I had to go teach a class in Croatia in in, uh, in like 2008, mm-hmm. and pork was everywhere. And okay. I had just started to not <laughs> eat pork. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, to not eat pork. And and I just went around. I was like, oh, you know. And I was trying not to offend my just host. Don't right? tell me what right? I'm eating. And then it. After about five days of, ugh, the guy says, would you like a steak for lunch? I said, I would love a steak. It was a one-inch thick piece of bacon. It was not a steak. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. All right, let's let's take a break, and then we'll come back, and uh, we'll talk further. We got another question that uh, is a good one, and we'll uh, we'll get to it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Excuse me. At the hiccups this morning. East End Towing, don't forget about them. Uh, they do a great job. I mean, they belong to the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They are licensed. They're insured. Don't ever let somebody tow you that's not insured. And everyone in their trucks is permitted. So you know they know what they're doing because they keep up on all of the uh, important things that they need to keep up on. So if you need some help, If you need to be towed off a private property, you've got a camper that needs to be towed as well, you let them know they've got answers for you. No matter the uh, situation, East End Towing can handle it for you, and uh, they'll make sure that uh, you're taken care of. Uh, Give them a call. Put this phone number in your phone, 501-888-8849, All right, so we've been talking about food. Are there foods you shouldn't eat? Are there foods that are better for you to eat? I'll let you know that uh, I still struggle with some of it because I like pepperoni pizza, Mm -hmm. you know. But I think I've come up with an answer to it. I think I'm going to make half the pizza pepperoni and half hamburger. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm going to do. When it comes to hot dogs, I only eat beef hot dogs. Mm. I don't eat pork hot dogs yeah. and things of that nature. So I've come a, quite a ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> turkey uh, on that. Wheat. I mean, we eat pepperoni, but we eat turkey pepperoni. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't crisp quite the way that real pepperoni does, but it's pretty tasty. We've so. been using uh, beef bacon. Yep. We, we eat tasty. beef bacon. It's expensive, mm-hmm. but it it's is pretty expensive. tasty. Does it, it, does it crispy up like yes. uh, pork? Because yes. yeah. yeah. some of that stuff you buy... 
It, it does. Yeah, don't turkey, get turkey bacon. Turkey no, bacon no, does no, not no, get crisp no, at all. Not no. even a, a little bit. Now I like turkey sausage. I think turkey yeah, sausage. Yeah, is turkey good. sausage. I think uh, pizza places should offer turkey sausage over Italian sausage. Yeah, you know, be a good idea. Yeah, I know a lot of a lot of um, Messianic um, Jewish people will they will eat what they would just say they would use the phrase like biblically kosher, which is basically they just don't uh, let the <clears throat> restrictions of the modern rabbis. Yeah, touch the Bible, because that is that is such a quagmire yeah, it tradition. It's a deep hole. It's a deep hole. Let me you know, now, let me let me ask you a question real quick. What is a kosher pickle? I mean, seriously, you'll <laughs> yeah. there's some pickles that are just pickles, and there's other pickles that are I'm kosher. I'm not sure pickles. why the the pickle. Like I can answer like wine, because we would say, well, wine comes from grapes. How could it be? Not kosher. Well, it's they guarantee that the wine's not been offered to an idol. Oh, okay. So that, that's part of that process is the mm-hmm. main thing that they that it's been uh, taken care of by people who are righteous because the one rabbi it was um, Winnick that was sharing that and he said that um, he goes you don't know he goes because when you are ingesting food that people have prepared he goes he got he got all charismatic on us he started talking about the spiritual influence of the people and the dedication that they make to the wine and stuff like that. So it's that way they don't now pickles. I don't know that that happens, but I don't, I don't know the answer to kosher. But they do, they do kosher pickle. I wonder if it's just a name um, just to, so it has to do with the presence of garlic and whether or not the salt was handled in a kosher manner. There you oh, go. really? There well, you go. That's it. Okay. Um, I got my answer, but you know, but, but see, all of that is all, um, just rabbinic. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing in the Bible that says this, and that's that's a part of the, uh, you know, we talked about traditions during Christmas. Well, hello, welcome to the world of yeah. tradition. Yeah, I mean, gotcha. it's everywhere. And to to weed all that out, you would reduce a lot of Messianic churches and practice down to very, very narrow because yeah. so much of it's just added. Um, just to kind of add to this point, um, I was, um, I had the, um, had the privilege of having a, a Jewish man get born again in my church in uh, in Scotland. Cool. And, and, yeah, and he he was um, you know he was wrestling with um, the whole um, milk and meat thing, right? And and so and I I said you know I was talking to him. I said I said you know you you've got to now you have to just like anyone who comes out of a denominational setting, you've got to weed through a lot of bad doctrine to get back to what God said. They have to right. weed through a lot of that stuff. And he and he he was. Um, he was dealing with that, and, I, and he's and so I was talking to him and and about it. So he he then um, went online and he there's a, something called Ask a Rabbi you can do online. So he was talking. That's kind of cool. He was talking to his rabbi and he said, so he said so I could actually eat a pizza with chicken <laughs> on it because chickens don't produce any milk, right? And the rabbi was kind of hemming and hawing and finally said, well, you know, technically, I guess you could. So he was like over the moon. He could actually have a pizza, but no cheeseburger or anything like that. So yeah. so I was, uh, my son and I were, were in Israel. His senior trip after he graduated from high school, his senior trip was uh, to go to Israel. So we're touring Israel together and, and we went to this restaurant and um, and we had a great, um, a great meal and um and after the meal was over, I asked for a cup of coffee, and so they brought me a cup of coffee. And I said, um, "Could I have some uh, some cream?" And they said, "No, you can't." I said, "What?" And they said, "No." I said, "Okay, we don't have milk." No, you can't have milk either. And I said, "Why not?" And they said, "Well, because we're a kosher restaurant." And I said, 
I'm just having a cup of coffee. And they said, yeah. And I said, I don't understand. He said, well, um, you know, if you just got finished eating meat, then the cream that's in the coffee you drink later on might touch the meat that's in your stomach. And then there's the problem. And I said, said, wait a minute. I had pasta. I didn't even have meat. All right. Keep keep that uh, okay. the rest of that story. We sure. want to talk about it when we come back. But we got Bill O'Reilly. We got to get to him. He's got some stuff for us. Then we'll be back, and you'll hear the remaining part of this story. All right, back with you. I'm going to let uh, you know uh, Pastor uh, Scott finish up his uh, story that he was telling. You were saying that evidently there's a rabbinic law that. Uh, about meat and and milk and they were telling you you at this restaurant you couldn't have milk because well you were trying they were trying to say you ate meat but you ate pasta mm-hmm. so you got to finish this okay. up okay so i so i protested and said well i i didn't have meat i had a, a pasta dish and uh and they said well you may have but maybe you ate meat for lunch <laughs> this is this was dinner Oh or gosh. maybe some meat for breakfast, and maybe your stomach hasn't fully digested it all yet. So there's a potential that whatever milk you drink in your coffee will touch the meat you ate for lunch or breakfast, and then that. So you're order. telling me you were you were having an argument with people the whose waiter. sepulchers were filled with dead men's bones. <laughs> well, this this and then they, they like they get this. So the guy doing this is probably just a completely secular Jew, right? And yeah. he said he said uh, so we're arguing back and forth, and he said. Well, he said, where, where are you guys from anyway? And we said, Scotland, because that's, that's where we're living at the time. Scotland, he said, oh, and he was like, he started going on about um, Scottish whiskey. And, because of, and then I said, I, I said, I, I, I don't drink. Um, and he looked at me and he said, and he was just with this exasperated look on his face. He said, God gives a man teeth that doesn't eat meat. And they just walked away. <laughs> which is basically like you're, 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 you're living in scotland you don't drink whiskey you know what's the point of the whole thing so and so you're on, here you um, haven't had any meat on one hand he's extolling the virtues of scottish whiskey but won't give me a drop of cream in my coffee i'm like Try to show. really so uh so wow. what, we're, what we're talking about is not the tradition and i'm just going to say i was raised as a southern baptist where we didn't believe in mixed women you couldn't go swimming with right, girls right, you couldn't right. dance we have just as many right. weird whacked out traditions in in christendom than than they do the point is to get down to the bible and related to this meat and milk thing the bible actually says uh, it actually says do not kick uh, do not cook the kid in, in this case that would be a goat in its mother's milk that is the specific prohibition so a, it is specifically a baby goat. B, it is a goat. And C, it is specifically that goat and its mother's milk. And this was part of, um, it is likely that this is part of what God commanded the children of Israel when he said, when you go into the land and you see how they worship their gods, do not worship me in this way. There's some evidence that um, one of the tribes in the area that was part of their religious worship for their false god is that they, they did this practice they boiled a kid goat in its mother's milk and god said hey i told y'all not to do what they do and, and they do this so don't do that for me and what the rabbis did was take that specific commandment don't boil a kid goat in its mother's milk and turn that into 
no dairy and meat within, I think the the more liberal ones say within about two hours of each other. So you can't eat a hot dog and then go have ice cream. You just can't do it. You got to wait at least two hours in there. So now also you must say, look, that these guys are coming from this with a pure intention, right? Yes. It's not about just um, saying, well, we're just going to create something. They don't want to violate the commandments of God. Right. Right. So it, they, they've been punished pretty hard on a couple of occasions. Right. So they're wanting to that. make sure that they don't violate the commandment. It's called, you know? it's called fences. Yeah. Yep. They've fences, fences around them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, and, and like one of the things that uh, Pastor Scott was alluding to is where there's no intermingling swimming. That's a fence, right? It's right. to make sure that later on you ain't making out behind the, you know, the tree in the back, right? So it's it's an idea to help prevent us from um, violating the commandments. In today's day, I'd like some fences, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I wish there were. Well, you know, or they, or they'll say that, something like, "Well, you know, oh, well, no, you know, Jesus did make wine, so make drinking wine is not wrong." But we're going to say you shouldn't drink at all because the Bible says don't be drunk. So if the fence yeah. is you don't drink at all, then you're never going to ever get drunk. So right. therefore, you're okay. And so, so we do we do exactly the same thing. And let me just qu- clarify: I, I misquoted the the phrase. The, the phrase is. That what the guy said was, he said, God gives a man meat who has no teeth. That's basically, that was what it, what it was. Not uh, the other way around. Not the other way around, yeah. So, um, I was going to say, I might have been tempted to tell the man, oh, I'm a vegetarian. Now bring me my cream, please. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, 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 I didn't today, think so. about that. Otherwise, I could have said something like that. But, yeah. So I think that, that um, it's, it's removing the fence. And that's what Jesus did, what, what, um, what um, Billy was saying earlier. Uh, when Jesus came along and it looks like he is violating uh, law, he's not violating law. He's violating the law of the Pharisees. He's, yeah, he's blowing away these fences. Uh, and when they blow away the fence, they'll say, you know, for example, it says, you know, uh, about washing your hands. Uh, there certain things that they put in place that they called law. There's something called takanot and ma'asim. There, there are different variations of law. You can have the law of God, Torah, but then you can have different laws that were rabbinic law. But when you translate it into English, it still comes out as the word law in your Bible. Right. Okay. Right. You should be able to distinguish between between the law of God and the law of the Pharisees. But linguistically, it just comes out as law in the Bible. So people are confused. And, and rightly so. Rightly so. Yeah. Right. That's why you need to go to a, a Bible school or something. Yeah. But that's why. That's what Paul was de- dealing that's what christ deal with, yep. dealt with yep. you know yep. you know I'm, look i'm going to teach you the truth and the truth has set you free yeah. there's there's some real reality there mm-hmm. that he was trying to teach to people and right. without that background and context is that maybe really, you didn't need fences right <clears throat> yeah. right it's what led to a lot of the problems and misunderstandings that we have in western christendom because we've got you know, 2000 years that Jesus came to do away with the law and his whole ministry was just about love and no judgment and any of this other kind of stuff without realizing the context of whatever it is that he was dealing with at that time. When, when they, when they, when we use that word law in that, that way, they're not talking about Torah though, right? It depends. That's what Pastor Scott was saying is it, it's the context. So if when most of the time when they were talking about law, they were talking about the law of God. He's talking about the word most of God. Most of the time. Yeah, okay. most of the time, but not all the time. And the the Greek word, nomos, is the the word that's used the most. As a matter of fact, I think it's the only word that's used in the New Testament, and that's why it was always translated as law. But they never contextualized which law. <clears throat> was it the law of God, the law of men, the law of sin and death, right? We don't know which law that they were talking about. Would it have been <clears throat> understood? Well, I by can the simplify. people that he was talking to at that time, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for for our contemporary readers, I can simplify the entire argument. Okay, good. If if 
it appears um, that if what you're reading appears to violate the Old Testament law, then you're reading it wrong. That's right. <laughs> because here's the deal. Part of the test was whether or not the prophet would teach against Torah. Therefore, Messiah never spoke against Torah, and neither did Paul. Mm. Neither one of them ever right. spoke against God's law. Now, they both spent a lot of time ripping into man's law because yep. you know, the, the law was supposed to be this, this great big fence around us that was easy to stay within. It would, it would help keep us clean before God and, and made life a super simple sort of thing to live. And what happened is we, we, t- we talked about fence laws. The fences got closer and closer mm-hmm. and closer and closer. You know, um, I always give the example when I'm talking about fence laws of when my children were young and I told them not to touch the hot stove. And you go, well, okay, so one of the kids touched the hot stove. Well, okay, don't touch the stove at all. Well, okay, you, you still touch the stove, so don't even go into the, to the kitchen. And before you know it, they're having to live out in the front yard because I won't even let them in the house because I don't want them to touch the stove. This is the way the fence laws ended up progressing. They, you know, We want to keep you away from sin, and now we want to keep you away from the possibility of even getting near sin, and now we want to keep you even further away from that. And what you end up with is a law that by the time Messiah shows up, so much has been bolted onto it that he's like, this is... And you, people, you burden the people. It's, it's what he specifically said. Not you only burden that, the people. They, we we now have an image of a disobedient son. Right. That's what we. That's how we view Jesus now. Because remember, he said he came in in the image of his father. Right. He came. He said, "Anything I see the father do, I do." So I, I think I heard it from Pastor Scott. But it was that he didn't. We. If you ask most people, they will say Jesus came to undo the law and to flip everything upside down, do completely opposite of what his father taught, which means he's a disobedient son, which says, yeah, I know my father gave me gave all these commandments that were kind of mean and harsh, but I'm just the love dude, man. Just do whatever you want, and I'm going to die for your sins, and it's cool. Man, you want to sleep around and get drunk? Go ahead. It's, I love you. Just do whatever you want. Right? That's not what he came to do. That would be in direct contradiction with his father. Right. And that's the part that we miss today, and it's it's very unfortunate because it's it's led to a lot of lawlessness and a lot of people that are um, deceived. All right, I'm going to I'm going to read the next question, and we'll take a break, and then we'll let Steve start the discussion because this one falls right into his category. Could the Bible guys address the possibility of returning to a time when the ministers were known as the Black Robe Regiment? Is that an idea they would be in favor of during these strange times? Is preaching about politics a non-starter for them, or are they okay with bringing the political into church life? We'll take it up, and we'll allow Steve to start the conversation, because he's going to love this one. (laughs) All right. Let's get back. Now, don't start. Oh, after wait. the break? After the break. Okay. You get to start after the break. PI Roofing wants you to know they'll take care of your roof. You've had any kind of leaks in your house, and you, you know with all the rain that we had on Saturday, uh, whether you got a leak or not, whether you got discoloration on the ceiling or maybe on the, the wall or maybe you've even seen a little bit of water in your house, get somebody over to check your roof, find out where the problem is, and get it fixed before it becomes a huge problem. That's PI Roofing, 707 3551. 707 3551 or PIRoofing.com. All right. The question was you know, there was a uh, black robe uh, regiment during the Revolutionary War. Um, President Washington referred to it. All right. It was pastors and churches that were preaching the freedom and. 
for the for our country is that an idea that we would be in favor of doing during these strange times is preaching about politics a non-starter for you guys or are you okay with bringing the political into church life thank you absolutely we're okay with bringing it in because what what we were just discussing was the politics of judaism of the day right Mm -hmm. right so when uh, Jesus was dealing with a lot of stuff. He was dealing with some of the religious tradition and the political stuff that was going on within the um, Judaism, if you will. <clears throat> but as far as the context of a black row regiment where we're, we're calling for people to take up arms and that kind of stuff, um, I've got a couple of different views on it. Correct my history, Dave, if I'm wrong, but, you know, and Scott, if we're, um, we came over here primarily for religious freedom, right? That's well, that's what pilgrims got here. Right. Yeah. And so when we begin to establish this nation to get out from underneath the Church of England and then the Church of England and England wanted to come and take away uh, the land, the tax, the freedoms and all the things that we came over here for to be able to worship God how we see fit. That is different than the political environment that we see ourselves in today. That's correct. Okay. This I, is what we've created. Now it's exactly. come back to bite us in the hump. Correct. I believe that where we're at today is where Israel was at in Isaiah and Jeremiah's day, that, um, that we are no longer a blessed nation. We are not. We are immoral. We are sexually immoral. We are wicked. We are violent. We are greedy. We are corrupt. But there's a remnant. There is. However, I am not going to suggest that people take up arms to defend like Israel did, right? Israel's like, hey, when God through the prophet says, I'm coming to get you, right? Because you have forsaken me, you have worshiped other gods, you have forsaken my laws, I'm going to punish you. First, I'm going to use the Assyrians. Second, I'm going to use the Babylonians. And then I'm going to take you captive because you have forsaken me. We have forsaken God. We have forsaken his ways. So God has turned us over to a reprobate mind. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to defend a people, or nor am I going to recommend that it's some sort of religious right like it was back then, right, that we were trying to defend our religious freedoms because we have forsaken as a nation the things of God. So you cannot call for a righteous religious uprising when it's not here, right? It's not yeah. worth defending anymore because the corruption level is so deep and we are because, and we won't admit it, right? Because we're America, doggone it, right? And we just think we're perfect and blameless, but we're not. We're immoral, we're corrupt, we're lawless, and, and quite frankly, our, our religious freedoms, um, not religious freedoms, um, our spirituality has waned. I saw a video for crying out loud this past week of a church, a big church, of a big-name guy. They played Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven during their worship service. Really? Yeah. I could no. not believe it. I could, Why? I, I was, haven't watched that yet. Gotta, but. we got to get the people in, right? Because we've lost the Spirit of God, right? right. Because we don't worship God anymore. We worship man's ad- agenda. That's about Lord of the Rings. It has nothing to do with Jesus. Right. <laughs> right. I know. But that just makes the point about how lost we are. So it's not – It's. We, ha- we are not defending anything like they were back then. That's why I would have a hard time standing up and saying, I mean, that happened with the Oath, Ke- Oath Keeper guys, right, they, they, with the whole January 6th things, that they felt like they were, you know, defending the Constitution um, by what they were doing in January 6th, and it just didn't match where we're at as a, as a nation compared to what happened when the Black Robe Regiment guys were around. It's okay. a different time, a different country. And it just, it's not the same rally cry that it was then. Okay, well, and and we are at okay, this point. I got to tell you something. Yeah. I'm an Oath Keeper. I signed up with the Oath Keeper. Well, yeah. I'm, I've been waiting for the, at my front door. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't, I got to believe they know who everybody is. Yeah, yeah. 
There's no doubt about it, that the FBI is tracking all that. Uh, I, I will say, um, so I don't, I don't let, except for my pastoral staff, I don't let anyone tell me what to preach. Um, when it comes to man, I, I preach what God says preach. That's um, right. Now, beyond that, um, I will also say that we are still a country with a rule of law. So as long as there is a rule of law, I'm, I'm not going to be talking about overthrowing a government. This is not going to happen. Um, it's, that's not where we are. That's not who we are. Um, so, y- yes, I will be happy to stand behind a pulpit and say uh, we are a morally corrupt country at this point, And we all need to go to the uh, ballot box and fix as much of that as we can in the physical. But where we really should start is that the metaphysical is in our hearts. We, we should really turn to God first. We should clean up our own act first. Because cleaning the country up, going and getting a bunch of politicians fired, means nothing no. if we're still sitting here walling around in our sin. We need a Black Road Regiment of Repentance. Right. Because once we have a spiritual revival, it will change everything in yep. this nation. Yep. You will not change it at the ballot box and in Washington, D.C., because the heart of men is corrupt. But when they cry out to God and repent, then it will change the course of this nation. And that's the Black Robe Regiment needs to come, is that of repentance. Yeah. John, John Adams said that the Constitution was made only for a moral, moral and that's religious people. Yep. So you get people who are amoral and irreligious, the Constitution does not work. Uh-huh. And therefore they disregard it, they twist it, they manipulate it. So unless you have a moral and godly people... Uh, running the government, the Constitution as written will cease to function as it was yeah. um, as yeah. it was created. And, I, and I'll just go ahead and say that um, part of my issue, because I obviously I'm speaking uh, on a on a weekly basis at the the church, and I deal with things that many people consider uh, political issues. But I would say this: they're not, for at least what what I from this answer that I'm giving right now. But what has happened is that politicians have politicized Everything. biblical issues. That's right. And so when I deal with something that's biblical, people think I'm speaking about politics, right. but I'm not. Right. I'm just preaching the scripture. So if I'm talking about, let's just say, abortion, for example, and that's that's murder. Now, it's become a political issue, but it's not political. It's biblical. So anytime yep. a politician is going to step over into the Bible, he's on my turf, yep. and I would deal with him according to the law of God, not according to the law of of this particular person. Israel has been politicized. Israel is not a political issue. It's a biblical issue that has been politicized. And so on. Go, that's go God's down. people coming that's, back to God's, that's God's right. land. So just go down the list. So anytime a politician politicizes a biblical, a biblical issue, they are now on, uh, on our turf and right. we'll deal with it. And it's not a political statement. It's a biblical statement that people have politicized. Are they confused? And I tell my people every once in a while, I'll say, okay, I'm about to make a statement. And if you hear politics out of this, you need to check your filter because it's wrong, and then I'll make a statement. But I'll still get you know you know a comment or whatever. From you the, better read your Bible first, so, right? So, so <laughs> I think that some people need to realize that um, if you politicize everything, uh, then you're going to hear you're going to think you're hearing politics from the pulpit, and you're not. You're hearing biblical um, biblical teaching in the biblical way of doing things. So, uh, I have no problem with dealing with the situations as they as they arise in our in our country uh but um we're preaching the bible that sounds political to a lot of people uh, yeah. but it really isn't it's just biblical so yeah <laughs> what he yeah. makes sense what he said <laughs> yeah that's no, true and it, you're uh, right they step, over into, they step over into our world into our world when they say abortion's not wrong mm-hmm. right at that point the truth says it is you're right yeah. right and we are obligated to stand up but one time you know i had 
you know, we were, I forget, it was several years ago now, and I had done a series on the Ten Commandments, and I was getting all kinds of pushback on this. Uh, not not just, I mean, I was getting all kinds of pushback, even from the, quote, the faith world. Really? Yeah. And so, uh, as I concluded, it was a 13-week series I did on it, and, uh, and so the last um, service that I did on it, I, I got up in the pulpit, and I was, what I decided to do is I was going to read the law of God. And particularly the ten, the ten Commandments. That's what I was going to be reading. So as I got to finish the, the sermon, I I got my my black doctoral robe uh-huh. and I put on my black robe and in front of the congregation. I just started from Exodus chapter one verse one and just began to read the uh, read the law of God. So in a way, it was kind of a kind of pitching to the black robe regiment. But the only way it works is if the law that you follow is the law of God. Right. You try Absolutely. to bring the law of man into it, and the whole thing just falls apart. Yeah, if if you've gotten into the church and you believe what has happened within the Christian church, that even the Ten Commandments hold no sway over anything, you've given up all the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, telling you, some people are saying, rip it off your walls. It has nothing to do with us. It doesn't apply anymore. Yeah, you, yeah, and, yeah. You've been forgiven. But, no, that's not what it means. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> that's what they think it means. That's a greasy they grace. Mi- and greasy they grace. misunderstand. That, go read. If you want to find out, we, we read and focus when Jesus was here, right? Post-resurrection, go read the first three chapters of the book of Revelation and look how he talks to the church. Right, right. Because right. he says to five of the seven churches in the book of Revelation, you need to repent yep. or I'm going to take away your candlestick, right? I'm going to spew you That's on. right. And so he's talking to the church and telling them that you have fallen away, you need to return. And we forget that. He's not a baby in a manger anymore. We're out of time. Uh, We're going to go to the news. Guys, can you stay here for 30 seconds? All right. Well, because they run. They got a lot of things to do. All right. Dave Ellswick Show tomorrow. We'll get it underway, 6 a.m. Thank you guys for coming on in. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.